Welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. First and foremost, I want to say Merry Christmas to you. Man, I know you got what, chestnuts resting on the oak, roasted on the open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. I know y'all cuddled up, bundled up, you know, trying to stay warm, keeping in from this cold winter weather in the name of Jesus. We just want to jump on real quick just to have a great um, celebration, a Christmas morning celebration. We know that the word Christmas actually means celebration of Christ. We're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, and again, we already know he wasn't born on December the 25th, so let's not get off into some you know debates about that. Yes, we know he wasn't born on December the 25th, but the good news is that he was born, and that's what we're celebrating the fact that he was born and he lived a, a sinless life. He lived. He he and he he was born to die. He and he when he died, he was resurrected on the third day, uh, seated at the right hand of the Father on high, still making intercession for us each and every day. So just want to go ahead and, and jump right into the word in the name of Jesus, and we're gonna have a great time in Jesus' name. Now I'm gonna make this declaration. I want you to go. And, and, and hear and listen to what it says. It says, in accordance to Isaiah 61 and 1, it says this, that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain, and open an appearance unto them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. And to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father in heaven, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise, and we thank you for this day. Thank you, Father God, for the day which you have made. We will celebrate and be rejoice and be exceedingly glad as we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for him now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that he was born for that we that we be able to restore life unto us in the name of Jesus. And we give you all the glory, the honor, and praise for it. Now, Holy Spirit, move up and down each and every highway. Touch each and every household. Touch each and every person watching online. Touch each and every person who will listen this to this through the podcast in the name of Jesus. Father, I declare and decree in the name of Jesus that your word will go forth today with clarity, with accuracy, and with boldness in the name of Jesus. Let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer writing the very oracles of your word on the tablets of their hearts. Father God, let our preaching and teaching not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but Father, let it be in demonstration of spirit and power, that the faith of the people lie not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the Most High God. Father, we thank you for the miracles, signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. And it's in your son, Christ Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen and glory be to god now man i got a great i got a great announcement to make to you jesus is born and he's alive and well now in the course of luke chapter 2 man i can see 
the angels declaring this unto the shepherds. Can't you see this? Can't you just kind of visualize it? And the shepherds are there and, and they found it and, and they make this a great announcement to them. It says in the course of Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says this. It says, but the angel said to them, talk about the shepherds, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David in Bethlehem, there has been born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So Jesus was born, and that is why we celebrate his this day. That is why we celebrate not just today, but every day, the fact that Jesus was born. He born, he was born, he lived, and he lived a sinless life. Glory to God. He was our great example in Jesus' name. And man, with us, that is why we celebrate. And if I was to give this message a title, I'd give it the simple title of this, A Promise to Keep. A Promise to Keep. Now, a promise to keep. What are you talking about, man? I, I, hang on. We're going to get to it. Hang on. Don't start running down the street. What's he talking about? Hang on. We're going to jump right into it. Now, th this is what I need you to understand. Whenever God speaks, God cannot lie. I said, whenever God speaks, he cannot lie. How do you know that he cannot lie? Well, he said in accordance to Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19, he says this, God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken it and he shall not make it good? In other words, when God speaks a word, the moment that he speaks it is already. So how did he create the heavens and the earth? He did not do all these little things. He created the heavens and the earth with his words. In the It says in John chapter one, Verse one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the same was in the beginning with God and all things were made by the word and without the word was not anything made that was made. Nothing is made without the word. That's why it says in Proverbs chapter 18, 21, how in your mouth, the, the death and life are in the power of your tongues. In your mouth, because you've made, been made in God's image and in his likeness, you have creative power in your mouth and you create your world through your words. But some, there's something about God is once God said it, it's already so. I said once he said it, is already so. And why do we call him the ultimate? He's the ultimate promise keeper because way back in Genesis, Genesis chapter three, at the, uh, the account of when Adam and Eve rebelled and turned from the kingdom of God and was translated into the kingdom of darkness because they disobeyed God's one command and he told him, don't partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for in the moment that you do, you shall surely die. That word die means separate yourself, not separate yourself from the relationship you have with God. Separate yourself from the, the, the God, kingdom of God's way of doing things. Separating yourself from the authority that you once had 
in the earth. But see, even though the adversary, who we, we talked about him yesterday, if you didn't catch yesterday's message, man, you want to go back and check it out, talking about the masquerade and the disguise, he, he, try, he tried to convince Adam and Eve that God somehow, he was accusing him, he was slandering him, trying to convince them that somehow God was holding back on them and what God said would happen would not really happen. What did he do? He perverted the truth and he took the truth and twisted it and turned it into something worse, turned it into something that it was not. But what did God do? God would never be outdone. I'll tell you this right now, that God had a solution for your problem before you ever knew you had a problem. Just like God already had a solution for this situation, a circumstance that Adam and Eve found themselves in even before Adam and Eve bowed their knee and rebelled and turned away from God. Some people will say, well, if that's the case, why didn't God just interrupt him? Why did he just get involved? Well, the problem with that is this. If you read in Psalms 115 and 16, it says, the heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth, he has given it to man. And when he gave it to man, that's where you pick up in Genesis chapter one, and, and 28, when he talked about, he says, man, I've given you authority and I've given you dominion and, and, and I want you to, to rule over the, over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over the, the fish and, and the cattle and over every creeping thing on there and to rule over the earth. And God blessed them. And he said, he says, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to always be Produce it. He says, I want you to multiply. I always want you to be increasing. He says, I want you to replenish. I want you to fill and refill. And he says, but I want you to subdue the earth. I want you to have conquer it and have authority and, and dominion and, and, and uh, over the situation, the circumstance, whatever goes on the earth. So he placed the earth in the hands of man. Just like, you know, if, if you rent a house or you rent an apartment, even though the landlord owns the house, even though God is, is, is the owner of the earth and, and the cattle and on every hill, he had given, he had given authority or, or authorization over to the man. Just like the landlord has given the property over to you and he has a lease with you. And as long as you have that lease, the landlord, even though physically it is his property, he has to get permission from you in order to enter into that property, even though it belongs to him. It's no different than when God created the heavens and the earth and he, he gave the earth to men and he gave them authority and he blessed them. He gave them authority and dominion and rulership over there and he gave them instructions on what to do with the earth. The only way God was going to be able to intervene into that situation is if Adam or Eve had authorized him to by asking him to. No different than when you go into prayer. I'm going to tell you, that's a word for you right now. The only way God can intervene into your situation is if you give him authorization to. And the only way you can do that is through prayer. So many people are being defeated right now, waiting on God to do something. But God can't do anything unless you authorize him. To do something. So that's why that even though he was seeing Adam and Eve about to rebel and turn against him, 
He could not intervene until, until they, uh, unless they authorized them to, which they did not. And then when he came down in the cool of the day and he was looking for Adam, if Adam would have never acknowledged him, guess what? Adam and Eve would have stayed in that same state. But the fact that they acknowledged him when he called out to them, because it was his custom to walk with them in the cool of the day, when he acknowledged, when they acknowledged him and they engaged him and entered into conversation with him, then because they had violated, they violated the 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 covenant what ended up happening they broke the covenant and now the uh, the our um the adversary had authorization in the earth and now what adam and eve used to have authority over now it has authority over them now god told them that he says he made the ultimate promise to him he says this he says this he says satan you think you have won you think you got the victory he's He's kind of dancing and he's kind of feeling himself a little bit, kind of dusting himself off. Think he don't he don't want something. But this is what God, the Lord said to him. He said in verse 14, he says, so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, because you have yielded your body to the adversary that he might have expression through you, you are cursed more than uh, all the cattle and more than all the beasts of the field and on your belly shall you go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life now think about it the, the serpent was this got got deceived and he yielded his body over to the adversary the adversary used his body to get expression in the earth because the spirit cannot have this has no expression in the earth unless it has a body so he yields the serpent yields his body over to the adversary he allows him to, to, to deceive, to, to, uh, to tempt them, to get them to turn. Now, he didn't force them to do anything. All he did was present a different thought. It's the same thing that's happening in the world today. He can't force you to do anything. All he can do is present a different ideology. Try to exalt his, his theories, his arguments, and his reasons above the knowledge of God to see if you're going to to, to, to yield to his way of thinking or if you're going to hold on to God's word and his purpose and plan for you. Now, the, the, the serpent received his consequence for what it is he did, but God also, at the same time, spoke the plan of restoration for man. He said this, he says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. And he says, and between your seed and and her seed. Now her seed, the seed he's talking about is our Lord Jesus. He says, he shall bruise your head. In other words, he's going to crush your head and take back the authority that you believe that you have right now. And he says, but you will bruise his heel. You'll bruise his body, but ultimately he's going to crush your head. He's going to take back all the authority that you believe that you have already received. He's going to take it back. Can somebody say he's taking it back? 
He's taking it back. In fact, he took it back from him after he rose on the third day. But right now, we're still talking about a promise to keep. Because again, remember, God is not a man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. The power of the word, I'm going to show you the power of the word is so powerful, so potent, that once God releases it, it must go forth and bring to pass what it was said what was said how do you know that turn with me if you will over to isaiah 55 and 8. isaiah 55 and 8 we're going to see that his his word he has his word to keep he has his word to keep and let's go ahead and talk about that now then according to isaiah 55 and 8 it says this it says for my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. I'm reading out a new uh, King James Version, and it says this. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. He says, for as the rain comes down, you know how the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven. Snow, yeah. He says, and do not, does not return there, but waters the earth. He says, and it makes and it make and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth. He says, my word, when it goes forth out of my mouth, God says this, it shall not return to me void, but it must. And it shall accomplish that what I please. God says, when I speak my word out of my mouth, it must. It shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the things which I sent it. So when God speaks forth his word, it goes forth out of his mouth. It must accomplish what he pleased. Guess what? The same way when you get and you're operating according to the kingdom of God, you get God's word on the end. You, you get before God. You find out what God wants you to say about that situation and circumstance. And guess what happens? When you begin to speak God's word back to God that he's given to you, God's word must come to pass he said the word that goes forth out of the mouth it shall it shall accomplish that which i please and it shall prosper in the things where to i sent it so if you got a word from the lord and you're saying back to god what god has already said unto you i'm going to tell you what happens in accordance to jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12 the lord says you have seen well he says for i am watching over my word to perform it when you speak god's word back to him that he's given to you that he's watching over that word to perform it which means that you have to you and I have to get before God to find out what am, are we supposed to say concerning this situation. See, that's what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is all about. It says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Now, when you get find yourself in a situation or circumstance, Father, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, so all these things shall be added unto me. Now, Father, I'm trusting you with all of my heart. I lean not to my own understanding and all of my ways I'm acknowledging you and you shall bring it to pass. Father, what is it that I'm supposed to say concerning this situation? Because remember, you're, you're either creating life or you're creating death through 
your words. And when you hear what God says to say back to that situation and circumstance, he might say, say to that sickness and, sickness and disease, you bow your knee to the name of Jesus. And then you say to that sickness and disease, sickness and disease, you bow your knee to the name of Jesus. Or you say, well, I command you to come unto me now in the name of Jesus. Now, you can't just be making up stuff. You have already gone to God to acknowledge him so that he can direct your path. You're not just coming up with words. It says he watches over his words to perform it. Whatever his words that he's given you to say out of your mouth, he's watching over those words to perform it. So how long do you got to keep saying it until you see it? What? How long do you got to say it until you see it? Now think about this. God spoke Jesus. He prophesied Jesus in Genesis chapter 3. But do you know it was over 4,000 years later before Jesus ever showed up? What kept happening? For, for From the time that God said it until the time that Jesus manifest, people kept saying and saying and saying and saying how do you know that because even the prophet isaiah said it in in isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 a very popular message a proper scripture that you hear all the time it says this he says for unto us a child is born he says and unto us a son is given and the government remember the kingdom of god the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of heaven is the government of heaven the kingdom of god is the king's influence over a territory a king's influence over a territory impacting his will and his morals and his nature and his culture on on a on a on pe on a group of people that they may begin to uh, conform to his culture and his nature now the government says this about that child the government the kingdom shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace and of the increase of his government. Are you listening to that? Of his government, his kingdom and peace, there shall be no end. And upon the throne of his of David and over his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forevermore, what was Jesus' purpose? Jesus' purpose was to do what? To come to restore, to reestablish the kingdom of God in the earth. How do you know that? Because if, when you read in accordance to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, it says, and, and pray in this manner. It didn't say pray this prayer. It says pray in this manner. Our Father, which art in heaven, so you know who you're talking to and where your Father is, Holy or hallowed be thy name, your kingdom, your the king's influence over a nation, over a nation, over a domain, over a territory to, to impact it with his culture, his lifestyle, and his nature. Come so that your will, your original intent be done in the earth, in the earth, like it was from the very beginning, just like it is in heaven that same government in heaven is to come to earth the same will in heaven is to come to earth in other words the original tent that you had from the very beginning for man when it came to the earth he says 
I'm call, I'm praying and and for that to come now. And what did he says? He says he says and when the child is born, the government will be upon his shoulders, and and he's going to increase his government and peace. Now what do you, what's in the kingdom of God? Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Now remember everything in the kingdom begins with the word. Now remember, even though the word had been spoke concerning Jesus, but remember the, the, the spirit has no expression in the earth without a physical body. So even though Jesus had been spoken, Jesus needed to be still have a physical body. And how did he had it? How would he have to come into the earth through the womb of a woman, which means he had to choose somebody to be the carrier of that seed. Remember the seed of the woman. The woman has no seed, so a seed had to be planted in her, and that seed had to be without fault, without sin, or any any blemish, and that would only come from the Father Himself. Let's find out how he went about doing it. Now the word is spoken. Remember, once the word is spoken, without the word was not anything made. That was made in the course of John chapter one, verse three. So this is, a, he says this in Luke chapter one, verse 26. He says this, he says, now in the sixth month of the, of the angel, Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And come in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed at this statement and kept pondering, what kind of salutation or greeting is that? Then the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And he goes on and says, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Remember, that's the same thing Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, going on, it says this, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom, there will be no end. In other words, when Jesus comes, he's going to be raised up and he's going to sit on the throne of David. And he's going to, he's, remember, he's going to establish the kingdom. And when he establishes the kingdom he, with, with, with justice and with judgment and peace and of that kingdom, there shall be no end. And when he established the kingdom of God back in the earth of that kingdom, there shall be no end. Let's go on and find out how it happened. Then what did Mary say? He, and Mary said to the angel, how can this be? I'm a virgin. I never even known a man. I never even been with a man. I didn't even get the first baby with a man. This is, and this is what the Holy Spirit says. He says, and the angel, I'm mean, as you were, the angel said, he said, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And when, and when she 
who was called barren is, is now uh, in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. Now, at this point, and this is the part I want you to get. At this point, even though the man, the angel was sent to bring Mary the, the word, even though the angel was sent and he said exactly what was going to happen, even though when she asked the question, she wasn't questioning God. She was only questioning how this was going to happen. And he, he, through all that, Mary still had a choice. And see, I heard somebody say on, a, on some crazy YouTube one time, you know, God forced his way on her. No, he didn't. He presented her with a with the word. She still had to receive it. And that's and see, and for so many people, God says, I've spoken a word to you. I've told you what uh, concerning your situation. I've given you the words to say. I've told you what to say back to me so I can watch over my word to bring it to pass. He says, but even when I spoke that word to you, he said, you would not receive it and see the thing about a word the word is a seed like it in accordance to uh, uh genesis uh 8 as long as the earth remains seed time harvest shall not cease the word in accordance to luke chapter 8 the word is the seed that seed has to be sown into the ground in order to bring forth harvest so even though the angel is talking to mary mary still has to receive the seed, just like like a like your father, and your mother, they you know your father might have had the seed in him, but your father your your mother had to allow your father to plant the seed into her womb in order for them to produce a child, which is you. It's the same thing here. What did Mary say? Mary said after she heard everything that the angel said, she says, "Behold, the bond slave of the Lord." May it be done to me according to your word. Say that with me. Father, may it be done to me according to your word that you have spoken over me. See, some of y'all, some of y'all, he's given the word. He says, now say it back to me. Be it unto me. Say it with me. Be it unto me according to the word, Father, you have spoken unto me or spoken according to me. And then the angel departed. What happened the moment that she said, be it unto me according to your word? It was so. She found herself pregnant with child. Now, she's pregnant with child. Now, you know, just for the sake of time, Joseph, her, now she went to her, to her fiance, Joseph. Now, they hadn't been together. They hadn't had any relations, but she's going to Joseph. Joseph, I'm pregnant. Now, if you think it's straight from the natural, your girl walk up to you and say, I know we haven't had sex and we engaged and everything and I'm a virgin, but I'm pregnant. You ain't going to be like, what? Did the Lord do it? You're going to be like, man, what's up? But see, Joseph being a righteous man, the angels also went to Joseph and, 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 he, and he saw in his dream about Mary because Joseph was just going to put her away quietly. But when, the, when he heard a word, remember, everything with God it starts with the word. He shared the word with Joseph and Joseph received instructions what to do concerning Mary. And Joseph humbled himself and he submitted to God's plans and purpose. And that's the same thing we have to do. When God gives us a word, he, we, even though after we the word is spoken and we receive that word and we say, Father, be it unto us in accordance to your word, we still have to submit ourselves 
to the instructions that come after that. And let's find out what happened here because he still had a promise to keep. Now, what did he do? He said this. He said this in Luke chapter two, verse number six, it says this. And while they were there, the days were completed to get for Mary to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, which means she had sons after that. And she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. There wasn't no room in the inn, not because they didn't have any money and not because they was trying to hold him out, but because there was a census going on and they did not have enough room. Now, inns were not like we like the holiday inn or, uh, that we see today. Inn was like the upper room of somebody's house. Now, let's keep going on. He says, and in the same region, there was some shepherds. Remember, we talked about yesterday, we were talking about shepherds. The shepherds were the first one to see Jesus when Jesus was born. It says this, and shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terribly afraid. <laughs> they said, but what the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there was, has been born for you a Savior his, whose name is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you when you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger, and suddenly there appeared with the angels, uh, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. So, so the shepherds were the first one who actually found the baby Jesus who was born in a manger. They found him wrapped in swaddling clothes and they found him. And when they, well, they heard this great news, when the angel was there, then a heavenly host began to praise and give glory and to give honor to God for the birth of, the, of our of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's the same thing he's expecting of that we give that we give him glory and we give him honor for the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God. He had a promise to keep. God spoke it. God watched over that word. He hastened to that word to perform it. And then he had other people saying it and saying it and saying it and speaking and saying it and confessing and saying it and releasing their faith. And he had a, a prophet prophesying of this great king that was going to come and this child that was going to be born. And he came and he, and he had to find a vessel that he could use in order to carry this plan out. And when he found a vessel who would be able to use, and he spoke to that person and he spoke to that individual because with God, he needs a person. He needs somebody in the earth to be able to perform what it is he wants to perform. He always uses a man or a woman because remember, in order for God to get expression in the earth, he has to use somebody. He has to use somebody. He, he wants to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to use people all over the world. But are you available to him? Who is Jesus to you? That's the question that he wants you to answer today. 
Who is Jesus to you? Now we he is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He is the, he is the son of God. He is the son of man. He is Christ, the, the son of the living God. But that's what we say because that's how we celebrate it. But who is Jesus to you? Who do you say Jesus is? It's the same question that Jesus asked his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. And I'm reading out of the Amplified Version, which says this. And now when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, those who are, who are his true followers, he says, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, and they answered, and they said, some say you are John the Baptist, and others say you're Elijah, and others, they say, you know, Jeremiah, or you're one of those prophets. And, and, and he says to them, he says, but who do you yourself say that I am? And that's what the question that the Lord wants you to answer for today. Who do you say Jesus is? And now Simon Peter, he, he raised up and he says, you are Christ. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus answered and said, blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied are you, Simon Barjonas, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. And he says, and I tell you, and I'm telling you that you are Peter, Petros, uh, he says, you are a small rock. He says, and on this rock, the rock of the, uh, the revelation that I, Jesus is Christ, the son of the living God. He says, he will build his church. See, the church is not based off of this, based off of that. The church is based off of the revelation that Christ that Jesus is Christ, the son of the living God. And he says, and he says, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell, the powers of the infernal region shall not overpower it or be, be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. In other words, the gates of hell would not be able to withstand or not be able to restrain the church from growing, from expanding, and from the kingdom of God being established and expanding and expanding and expanding because of the one revelation that Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God, which means he's come and he's taken back all authority. And he's taken back the keys of death, hell, and the grave, where even the adversary used to have the keys, but Jesus took the keys back from him in hell, and he took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and made an open showing of him, and then he turned around, and when he was resurrected, he turned around and gave all authority. He had all authority, but he turned around and gave authority to men. He says, now you go forth now and make disciples, teaching them to observe all the things which I have told you. He says, teaching them and making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus. He says, and when you go forth, make disciples, make students according to the kingdom of God. God had a promise to keep. He is the ultimate promise keeper. He spoke it and just like he said, in Numbers chapter 23 and 19, he's not a man that he should lie, 
nor the son of man that he shall repent. If he said it, shall he not do it? If he spoke it, shall he not make it good? He watches over his word to perform it. Just like he's watching over the word he gave to you to perform it. He says, but will you, will you hear it? Will you believe it? Will you receive it? Will you speak it? Will you act like it's so? He says, who is Jesus to you? If you never answered that question, who Jesus is to you, or you, you made a decision today, hey, Jesus, I make Jesus the head of my life. I make a decision today that Jesus is Christ, the son of the living God. And I want to give, uh, give him uh, authorization to, to enter into my heart, to become savior over my life or to be head over my life. Man, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now in the name of Jesus. Now in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says this, it says, the word of God is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's the word of faith, which we preach that if you will confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It says, for with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, but with your mouth, remember you create your world with your mouth, with the mouth, uh, um, with the mouth, a confession unto salvation. You're confessing out of your mouth what you believe in your heart. You heard the word today. You heard what God's plan is today. You heard how he came, Jesus came to restore you back to right relationship, put you back in right position and, and to restore back to you everything that Adam and Eve lost. And he says, I've already made it available to you, but you have to, just like your Christmas gifts, you had to receive it. He says, by grace are you saved. Through faith is not a works. It's a gift from God, lest any man suppose. Are you willing to receive that gift today? If so, pray this prayer with me. Say it out of your mouth. Mean it from your heart. Say with me, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ. He's the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross. And carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in the grave. But now he's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. Save me now. I turn from sin. And I receive your offer of forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Right now. In Jesus name. Amen and amen. Well, glory to God. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you into the kingdom of God, welcome you back into right position with God, and welcome you back into right standing. Now, what do you do now? Man, you got to get in the word-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also teaches you about the kingdom of God and the love of God. We know that Ignite Depot is such a place. So we'd ask you to, to join us each Saturday night at 6 p.m. Eastern time each Saturday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where we, we get on and, and we share a word, a practical word that you can apply to your everyday life so that you can live your best life yet according to the kingdom of God. Now, if you miss it uh, on broadcast on Saturday, catch us again on, on uh, Thursday nights because we'll rebroadcast that same broad message. And hey, we have a podcast. It's called Ignite to Life podcast audio podcast you can find it on apple google spotify anywhere you got a, a podcast platform we're probably on there 
you can hear this message and all other messages that we've done before this. Now, on behalf of Pastor Juwin, the entire Ignite Nation and myself, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and have a, re a blessed rest of your day. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.